Um, today, we're really excited about hearing from you, hearing what God is doing in your life, sharing with us some things that uh, are on your heart that maybe that we could be a part of, some things that maybe we can share with you in prayer, some things that maybe we could share with you uh, in, in tears, that maybe that we could share with you in praise and thanksgiving. Uh, we know that um, already from the time that we've been back from the break, that many of you have come by and shared some of the things that God did in your life while you were away, some of the struggles you face, some of the rejoicings that you've experienced. And we want to hear about that. We want to be uh, a part of that as a college family. And so we want to do that today. To begin that this morning, um, what I'd like for you to do is to bow your head. And I want to read to you a passage from a book that is a collection of the prayers of the Puritans. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. And this morning, after I read this and we get started this morning with the music, I just pray that uh, God will give you direction and understanding of maybe what he would have you share with the college this morning. Let's pray together and then let me read this. Father, we just it is our prayer that you would continue to make us aware of your presence in our lives. Lord, that, um, that we would be very, very aware every day that we are where we are because of our desire to be in your will and because of your watch care and your faithfulness in leading us and providing for us. And Lord, it is in your presence and it is in your will that we want to be and we want to continue to be. Lord, in all the things that um, the students in the gym have faced over the last few weeks as they've gone home, as they've I know already that some have faced the divorce with their parents for the first time, going back to homes where dad or mom is missing. Some have gone back home and, and um, have had to attend funerals, um, much like my wife and I did with the two deaths that we experienced over Christmas break. And Lord, I know that there are others in the room we've heard about already that have had to deal with that. Lord, we've also heard stories of some going home and being able to share the gospel with a girlfriend or with a, a friend from high school or a friend from the neighborhood or with a family member and, and being able to just see that person gloriously saved and, and to rejoice in that. And on all these things, we just pray that um, you'd give our students some wisdom, some encouragement, and courage to stand up and maybe to share those things with us. Lord, we love you. And Lord, what a joy it is to walk daily in the presence of your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Reading from this book, the title of this particular section is God the Source of All Good. And this morning, in all the things that we say and do, the theme that we've sort of chosen for this chapel is the goodness of God. And God is good. I remember a story when I was in seminary of a professor standing up and after a student talked about how his wife was healed of a, of a terminal disease and after he explained what had taken place, he said, Prof, God is good, isn't he? And the professor's response to that was, God is good whether your wife was healed or not. And while we can rejoice and are thankful that God has chosen to act in this way, whatever God does, it comes from a heart of goodness. We want to be reminded of that this morning. Whether what you have to share is a hard thing or a great thing, God is still good. It says, I thank thee for thy riches to me in Jesus, God, for the unclouded revelation of him and thy word, 
where I behold his person, his character, his grace, and his glory, his humiliation, his sufferings, his death, and his resurrection. Subdue me, God. Subdue in me the love for sin. Let me know the need of renovation as well as forgiveness in order to serve and enjoy thee forever. I come to thee in the all-prevailing name of Jesus with nothing of my own to plead, no works, no worthiness, no promises. Impress me deeply with the sense of thy omnipresence for thou, that thou art about my path, my ways, my lying down, and my end.
Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. who call on him in truth. 
He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. He hears their cry and saves them. are going to do is they're, they're moving the microphones um, down into the aisles and uh, this is the time that we want to hear from you just let you share a word of testimony I think we have Paul Sykes and Billy Tarka sitting at uh, different microphones and so if you'll make your way up to them and then in between some of those testimonies we'll we'll do some singing as well and so who would like to uh, be brave and go first this morning share what God is doing in your life microphone right here and a microphone right there when you come one of the only thing that uh, we ask you is just to start off by letting us know your name so it's a little little dark and everybody may not know who you are. Okay? My name is Tate Leamy. Um, I had an interesting experience with attitudes over the Christmas break. I had the opportunity to work with uh, Josh McDowell putting together an uh, idea that he calls Operation Carelift in which in six weeks he put together 220 tons worth of gifts and food and took them to seven children's hospitals in Moscow to celebrate their Christmas on January 7th. And I worked almost all of Christmas and all of New Year's, gave up my holidays, worked about 15-hour days over and over again. And as I was getting called at 6 o'clock in the morning and then midnight to send off faxes to Russia, I was going, is this really worth it? I mean, this is my vacation, and here I am up all the time. I'm not getting any rest, and I've got to go back to school. 
But after Josh was gone and he had uh, traveled on to Russia and uh, all that stuff was being delivered, the opportunity to see CBS and some other uh, TV news stations do clips of the children getting all those gifts over in Russia. And as I saw them get their first teddy bear that they've ever seen or get a little tiny pack of gum that we you know, can pick up for a quarter that and they love gum, they've never had it, it really touched my heart and realized that, you know, that time was worth it. Hi, my name is George Wilson. Um, I'm a 32-year-old freshman, uh, uh, also a father and a, a husband. I got a, a rather lengthy testimony, so I'm going to spare you all today. I'm just going to say that I am so very, very privileged to, to be around all you guys. And what was a dream two years ago uh, to be able to attend the Master's College is now a reality and I'm looking forward to many blessed days ahead uh, of interfacing with you as individuals one-on-one uh, -on -one and also in, in groups and in the classes and with all the rest of the, the faculty and staff. Uh, I, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to just watching you from a distance and, and learning from you and because Lord has really has really been a, a blessing to me and it's just really a privilege to see you guys just growing the Lord and really looking forward to being being around you and I want to be your friends as well as your brother in Christ. Thanks, Jordan. Maybe at a future time we can give you the time to share more about your testimony. God has definitely snatched you from the fires, taken a lot of love from people and support to get you here. We're glad you're here. Uh, my name is Hamilton Morales. I'm a sophomore. Um, I had a unusual Christmas. I got to go to Costa Rica for two weeks um, to visit family. That's where my dad is from. Um, he comes from a family of seven uh, kids, and uh, all of them live in Costa Rica except for him and another brother that live here in the States. And uh, as you all know, that Central America and most of South America are really Catholic-oriented. Um, the religion is really big there. And um, as I got to share with m one of my uncles, which is the youngest, he's 27, and uh, he's like a really good friend of mine. And, and we would sit down and talk about it. And he's a psychologist, so that had, you know, that was kind of difficult to talk to him about God and stuff. And we got to talk with my grandmother and some of the other um, aunts and uncles that were there. And I come to find out that um, they understand that the Catholic Church is, is not right. And there's a lot of things wrong with it. And I think um, four, four, four or five of the family members are saved and know Jesus Christ personally, which was a really big thrill for me. Um, because I, I didn't know uh, what was going on, but I ask you to pray for the remaining members and all their children as um, the country is, is like 10 years behind us. So things that happened 10 years ago here in the United States is now happening there with drugs and teenagers, and, and that's starting up, and it's getting to be really bad. I just ask that you pray for the country. Thanks, Hamilton. Go ahead. Hi, um, I'm Joni Isaacson, and um, 
I'm a voice major here at the school, and I'm a junior. And over last semester, and um, it kind of heightened over Christmas break, I started feeling a lot of discouragement in, in everything I was doing at school. I was having trouble with my voice. And um, my junior recital is at the end of, of this semester. I was really nervous about that. And um, I started feeling like to be the kind of voice teacher that I want to be, I'm really thinking I would need to get a master's in vocal pedagogy, and I wasn't, that seemed kind of overwhelming. And um, I was frustrated because I, I feel like I'm getting myself so busy that I don't really have time to serve the Lord in um, something like with the, with the local church. I just kind of attend, and I'm just not able to really get involved. And over Christmas break, I just started talking to my parents, and I said, you know, I just don't know what I'm going to do after I graduate, and I don't know what's going on in my life. I don't know how God can use me. I just felt really confused. And then over at the same time within about that same week that I was feeling about the worst discouraged, I found out that at my church back home, the music director, um, she is relocating, and there is no one there to lead the music at my church in any way. And my pastor came up to me over the break and said, Oh, Joni, I can't wait till you're back out of school so you can lead our music here. And it was like he didn't even ask me. He just kind of knew that I, I would have wanted to do that. And um, it has just, knowing that there's something that I know I can do to serve the Lord and use everything I'm learning in school, is just changed my whole life. And as a total confirmation, yesterday I just started class... Um, with Mr. Plew, um, Church Music Administration. And before when I was going to take that class, it didn't mean anything to me because I thought I'm going to be a voice teacher. So why do I really need to take it? It was just one of those requirements. But now, just in time, God has showed me that I'm going to really need that information out of that class. And it's just so encouraging. And the reason I wanted to share that is because some of you that are kind of approaching graduation might be feeling discouraged too, but just know that God wants to use us. When we come to Master's College, we're saying that we want to be equipped to serve God, and He's going to lead all of us in the way that He can use us. So I just want to tell you that because I was so encouraged. Thanks. seems like we spend all of our lives trying to figure out God's timing, only to find out that we'll never figure it out, but we always know that God's timing is right. That's that's great, Jenny. Thank you. Yes. There's a lot of you out there. I didn't expect so many of you. Uh, my name is Tom Knight, and I promise that my little lullaby here won't be all that long, so you won't have to stir all and wonder when I'm going to get done. Uh, I went to a foreign country myself over break. I went to Venice Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Got a chance to hang out on the boardwalk and witness to people out there. And that means a lot to me because down there the Bible Tabernacle is located, and I live at the Bible Tabernacle in Canyon Country currently. Uh, God has done a lot with my life. At 13 years of age, I ran away from home and uh, met the streets real quick and found out what drugs were real quick and got hooked real quick. I just got more or less delivered from drugs, from coke and a coke addiction, as a matter of fact, in July of uh, 1990, um, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I've been a Canyon Country. Ever since then, it's been an uphill struggle. I mean, you just got to fight away. I mean, you're talking about a guy that doesn't have a high school education, and here I am in college. God is good. God is real good.
April of last year, I got my GED. It's because of a man by the name of Milton Wilson. He came out here last year and spoke. The man has just encouraged me, and God has used him to encourage me. And God has just blessed me and blessed me and blessed me. And I just can't believe that I'm here, and I just, I really love <laughs> the campus. I really love the spirit that's here. Because I know <laughs> how tough the streets are, and someday I hope to be able to go back and share what I've gotten with others. And I just pray that all of you would think about those that are not as fortunate as yourselves, that aren't able to sit here in a chapel and listen to somebody talk about God, and aren't able to listen and be able to hear about God's goodness. It's really important in my life that I be able to extend what I've got to others. You can never outgive God, but you sure can make an honest effort at giving a little bit back of all that he's given you. Please turn your tape to side two. Uh, my name's Creston Welch, and uh, I had a really interesting experience happen to me over Christmas break. That uh, I don't know how many of you know this, but I have two brothers here at school, and uh, we live in North Carolina, and we have to drive home. And we had to drive home because it's really expensive to fly three people home. And uh, on the trip home, I don't want you to think this is funny or anything, but I think we really, I really learned a lesson from this. And uh, in the middle of Arizona, we're driving along, and, and uh, it's raining, and we're just flying along. We're ready to get home. We're driving straight through. And uh, about the middle of the afternoon, I'm in the back sleeping, and Kirk's in the front seat, and, and uh, I'm not going to mention any names, but another person was driving. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're in my car yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're in my car and uh, I feel these ruts in the road like we're kind of going off the road or something like that or we're hitting the things little pumps in the middle of the road and so I lean up and, and here's this significant other leaning over grabbing some sunflower seeds or something like that and, and uh, Kirk's asleep in the front and we feel these ruts and both Kirk and I look up and Kirk hits this other person and he looks up and, and just the initial reaction you know is just to jerk the wheel and he jerked the wheel and my car went into a spin on the road going 70 miles an hour. And uh, we did a full, complete 360-degree spin and ended up straight, right on the freeway, just going right along, you know, like nothing ever happened. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we were all shaking, you know. We were real shaken up. And, and it, I guess the rest of the trip, it was kind of funny. I mean, at the time, I'm just going, my car, my car, while we're spinning around. But... <laughs> After it was over, we just started laughing about it, and we couldn't believe how God spurred our lives, and to think that we came so close to, to death like that, thinking if we had hit something in the road, some kind of bump or something, while we were spinning around, my car could have flipped, and we were in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere, and, and just like that, you know, God can come and take, and could take us home. And uh, it just put a lot of trust in me, and, and taught me a serious lesson about trusting in God, and to see that, that everything that happens, and everything that, that comes into our lives, and all that kind of thing, it, it, He demands our trust and he demands our respect and and if we're not seeking after him you know he could just come and take us like that we never know when he's going to come and uh it just taught me a valuable lesson thanks let's have uh after one more chris let's let's come up and do a do another song right hi my name is pam merchant and i'm a third semester junior here if that's possible um last semester i had the opportunity to go home and be sick and no, um, I don't really know how I'm going to say this. 
But anyway, um, God decided to, like, put me in bed for about six to nine months, basically. And it was the hardest and the best time of my life. And I've listened to a couple people come up and say how privileged they are to be at a college such as this. And it's so true. And I just want to share with you one of the hardest lessons I had to learn that it was rather unfortunate that I was at the Master's College for three years and it took an illness that was pretty traumatic to make me realize how privileged we are to be here. And I just wanted to share that with you and just encourage all of us to really try hard not to take for granted what we have here. The friends around us, the chapel services, the faculty and staff that love us more than anything. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank all of you. I know a lot of you don't know me. I don't know you. But just being back on this campus for a week, I swear I've gotten better physically because it's just really energized me and it's just really motivated me to go on. And I just want to thank all of you. Why don't we stand up so you can stretch out a little bit and we'll sing a song. Kurt, I think we were on this side. Go ahead. My name is Kurt Guthrie, and I'm not able to attend the Master's College this semester uh, due to reasons that Dave explained earlier. <laughs> Financial. Um, but God has been very faithful to me, and he's never left me nor forsaken me, and he never will. He's always provided my every need. I feel that God wants me to be in the world this semester before I finish up. 
and uh, I'm just really excited about what God's doing here at the Master's College and what He's going to do in my life at COC this semester. And uh, I'm going to miss the Master's College greatly. But I hope you pray for me that, that God will use me for His glory wherever I'm at. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Steve Shope, and I'm from uh, the metropolitan area of Washington, D.C., back east. And I had the opportunity to go home this Christmas to see my family and friends, and I'm very thankful for that. And while I was at home, one of my best friends is an RA at a Christian school back east, a pretty big Christian school. And I went to lunch with him. He took me out to lunch, and we were talking about the differences. We were comparing the two Christian schools because he's always wanted me to go there, I guess, and lots of people from my church go there, and I'm the only one that's come out to the West Coast. And people back east have a weird definition of California. You know, they say it's Hell's Gates and everyone's really crazy and everything, um, which I guess is why my parents sent me here. Um, but we were talking about the two colleges, and I was telling him how Masters works is a brother confront your brother in love and then restore him. And I was telling him how when I got there, I didn't really believe it would work until I got confronted by somebody for the music I listened to and some of the things I did in my life and how just the love that they showed and how the change, you know, the change that I had. And I'm very thankful that, uh, you know, I had a attitude that was willing to that change. And I was telling him how this worked, and he was saying that at the school he goes to, that would never work. He said the school is too big, and when he confronts people about doing something at a Christian school, he'd get the finger or, you know, some cuss words or something. And just some people, he said, would get violently angry about having to keep their room clean and stuff. And how he was saying that the brother confront your brother would not work. Well, I just would like to say right now thank you to the staff of the Master's College because I know they really believe in it. But really, I think we all need to be thankful to the upperclassmen because they are the ones who are the example to myself who are the underclassmen. And if the upperclassmen didn't believe in the system, then freshmen coming in already doubting it would never take hold of it and believe it because they never get a chance to see it work. And I just really want to thank all the upperclassmen here at the college for just showing me that it does work. And it's just an incredible. I don't know of any other Christian school that has this policy, but it just really gives way for the spirit to move, and I just really like to thank the upperclassmen for that. Thanks, Steve. Of course, the reason it works is not because it's a system or a policy, but obviously because we're trying to do what is biblical and try to all call each other to holiness. Thanks, Steve, for that. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Shelley Boyd, and this is something that um, I guess I've been learning over the last semester. Um, it's about prayer and... It's something I was in Mr. Malcolm's class, Dr. Malcolm's class yesterday. I asked him, does it ever get easier to pray? And he said no. And that was kind of frustrating to me because it seems like that um, you try so hard to pray and to get close to God. And sometimes it seems like he's far away, but it's worth it to continue the fight. And it is a battle. And a lot of times there's some things in your life that are just hard and it makes you want to say forget it and um, God's not worth it and he just wants to bring me pain Um, but looking back of course hindsight's always better than foresight Um, it's it's worth it to fight and to struggle 
And um, I don't know, even this morning after, you know, after praying yesterday, and it's like, oh, great, God is great. I'm so excited about going to chapel. I come in here and my heart is still hard. And I'm like, God, why can't I even pray? Yesterday it was easy. Why is it hard today? And uh, I guess I just want to encourage everybody that, um, I know, just not to give up, not to let Satan, when you're tired in the morning, to say, oh, well, I'll do it later, because you won't, and I won't, and just to keep on trying. My name is Bettina Saunders. I I was one of the students last semester in Israel. And uh, I guess a lot of people have come up to me and asked me how it was and, you know, wanting to know everything about Israel. And uh, I wanted, I mean, I have so much to say and so much to share about it. So I just wanted to come here and just say something. Um, One of the things that I learned being over there in my own life uh, when we were over there, there's churches over there, but they're not, uh, I don't know, they're not what I'm used to, what we're used to here in America. There's a lot of Catholic churches or Lutheran churches. or uh, There's a lot of rigidity in the churches, or they might go to the other extreme. And at the school, it's a Christian school, and... Uh, we had services there, but you were really on your own as far as your own spiritual growth goes. And uh, at first, you know, I was really having a hard time uh, just with my prayer time and reading my Bible. And then I, uh, I was talking to Dan Deckard one night, and uh, he told me something that really, really helped me a lot. He said, you know, I had a hard time with prayer, too, before... I realized that I had to work at it. It was something that I needed to just discipline myself to do, and I couldn't expect God to just do everything for me. And from that time on, with that mindset, it was very much easier for me. I mean, it was so hard, but that really helped me as far as getting to know God, because being over there, I mean, that is a place to be if you want to learn more about God, if you want to just become close to God with his people, with his land. And it was just the most wonderful thing I've ever done in my whole life. And I think God just taught me a lot. That was one of the things. But uh, I also wanted to thank all of you who are praying for us. And we thought about you a lot, and I'm really glad to be back. My name is Yaro Brock, and... uh, I uh, grew up in mostly in public schools, and uh, I never really had any Christian friends to speak of. And I was always felt like I was struggling, like the battle. I was in battle all by myself, and I failed a lot. And uh, it came to a point in my life when I graduated. I was a senior in high school. I graduated, and I, I just thought, this is impossible. I can't do it. And uh, and I was I was really scared. I mean, because I was never complete. I was never, you know, I, I was never happy because I could never live up to this standard, this, this even close to this standard. And uh, so, you know, two years later, I end up here at the master's college, and and you know, my dream is, well, maybe now I can I can start to live the life. Somebody show me the way, you know. Somebody be an example. 
And uh, my first semester here, there was a lot, a lot of expectations I had. Some were fulfilled and some were not. But what I did see and what I did find were other brothers and sisters like me who who desire and seek after God and desire to love God and to serve them with all their hearts. And I just want to tell you guys, what we have here is something that after it's over, after it's gone, we're never going to have it again. And every time we, we're wasting time, we're doing things with our lives that mean nothing. We're not, we're not using this time to grow. It's just gone. It's slipping away and we'll never have it again. I just remember last, last semester, all those hours playing foosball. What a waste of time. And... <laughs> I, I mean, it was great, you know, it was, I was having fun, but I just, I just want to come to grow and know all of you a lot more and just come to grow and love the Lord a lot more this semester. And um, I just, just want you all to know what we have here is something that can't be compared to anything else. And just, uh, just take it while you can. Thanks. Thanks, Shara. So on this side. I'm Monica Weber, and I need some moral support because I'm shaking really bad, so my sister's here with me. <laughs> um, I, first of all, I have to tell you some things that have happened in the past so you know where I'm coming from. And I'm going to cry, too. That's why she's here with me. <laughs> but, um, about seven months ago, my grandfather died of cancer. And then um, I went home this summer, and... Um, I started working at a camp where I met this guy, and um, we started dating. And um, one night he was going home from my house, and he was killed in a car accident. And then um, I came back here, and that was really hard, you know. And I came back here, and um, I was here for not very long, and my roommate, um, my roommate's brother had just gotten married, and on their honeymoon, his wife died. She had a disease. and. Um, they knew she was going to die, but not that soon, and she died. And then um, not too long after that, I got a call from my sister saying that one of my friends from home, which I've known all my life, but I just got real close to, or not real close to, but I just started getting close to this last summer because she just started attending our church. Um, she was killed in a car accident. And... Um, I just got so depressed and so angry with God. Um, and I knew it was wrong. And in the back of my mind, I just kept saying, um, God, I still believe in you and I still know you're there. And, and I know that there's a plan for this. But how could you do this to me? I mean, just one after another, I felt like every time I turned a corner, it was going to happen again. I mean, when I got a phone call from my mom, I was like, okay, mom, who died this time? And... um Mike, the guy that I was dating this summer, his family is not Christians, but his mom, his stepmom is. And when I went home this summer, they called me. He has two little brothers that are handicapped, too, that I worked with at the camp. And they would call me all the time, and um, I got really close to them after Mike died. And, and they knew I was a Christian, but um, I wasn't really, you know, I didn't, like, share my faith with them or anything. And his stepmom is a Christian, but she's not real strong, and she doesn't go to church a lot because her husband's not and all that. Sorry, I'm trying to be fast, but um, they just put me up on a pedestal. Like I'm, like I kind of took Mike's place in their life, and that was really hard for me to go back. I missed him and I wanted to see him, but I felt like I had to be perfect because um, they looked at me like I was God, you know, kind of. And and 
every time they called me, I had to go to their house. They lived 45 minutes away from me, and I had to be there, and I had to do whatever they wanted me to do just so I wouldn't let them down. And um, when I got there, um, I was talking to Mary. I had his stepmom. I was talking to her for a long time, and um, she was telling me I had known some of the things she went through, but she was telling me her life, things like... um, her first husband beat her and her son, so she left him. Her second husband drowned while she was pregnant with twins, I mean triplets. One of the triplets died after living for 11 months. The other two were handicapped. Then she got remarried, had a miscarriage. Um, then her, her next son was born with seizures, and then, um, and then Mike, and then everything, just one after another after another. And you know what she said to me? She said, you know, I never would have been able to make it without God. You know, isn't it great that we have the Lord and that we can, we can just still be strong and that we can still be a testimony to others? And we can. And I'm just sitting there with my mouth open, going, "I thought I was the one supposed to be the example. I can't believe you're saying this to me. I mean, I just, it just hit me so hard that that somebody who I thought of as, well, she's not a very good Christian. You know, I'm a good Christian and I need to be an example to her. She could say to me, you know, no matter what we go through. The only way we're going to be happy is if if we keep God right there next to us.